0: Reading this morning from Galatians, the fifth chapter, Paul makes a statement. He says, the entire law is summed up in a single command. It's quite a statement. I mean, he's talking about the Old Testament law. They had a gazillion rules for everything in the Old Testament. And it was rather complex and could be rather pretty heavy and and burdensome. And he makes this incredible statement. He says, the whole thing, can really be wrapped up in one single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then he warns the Galatians. Guys, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed. Not by the devil, but by each other. First Corinthians, we read in the very first chapter, the beginning of this, this letter of Paul to the Corinthian church. Now he's writing to a church that, from our viewpoint, we would assume would be incredibly spiritual, incredibly powerful. They routinely had miracles and And all kinds of spiritual gifts in play. In fact, there were so many demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. He's got like three chapters in this uh, letter where he's just got to tell them, Hey, calm down a little bit. You know, you got to do it this way. I mean, there's so much was happening. I mean, there there was some powerful stuff. It wasn't just because they had an hour-long song service. Are you hearing me? A lot of people think, well, if you just sing for a long time, then you're a very spiritual church, you know. No, it's just you're a very long-winded singing church is what you are. Singing doesn't make you spiritual. Somebody say amen. All right, that's a whole nother sermon. I'll get to it. These people were seeing miracles in amazing ways. Certainly, we would have considered these people to be extremely spiritual men and women. But he writes to them. and He starts right off the bat. He says, guys... I got to talk to you. I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's bringing in the big guns here, okay? I appeal to you, what? That all of you agree with each other so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. He's saying, guys, get along. What is going on here? My brother, some from Chloe's household. He's dropping names now. He's getting specific. Chloe's been ratting you out. I've been hearing. They've informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, well, I, oh, I really like Paul's a teaching. He's a fabulous, very thoughtful preacher of the gospel. Another says, I follow Apollos. I like Apollos. A lot of high energy. That was the deal with Apollos. He was quite the orator. Silver tongued boy. Everybody loved listening to him. Another one says, no, no, no. I I follow Cephas, which is another word for Peter. You know, Peter was there from the beginning. I'm going to follow Peter. I'm, I'm following Peter. You know, you Paul people and Apollos people. And then you've got the really spiritual people in the church. So I just follow Christ. I'm really spiritual in my division. I'm really spiritual in the way I segregate myself from other people. I'm just following God. You hear this from time to time, you know. People who separate themselves off. Well, what are you doing? I'm just following the Lord. Really? Because Paul asked the question, is Christ divided? Does that make any sense to anybody? To split off because I'm just following God was Paul crucified for you were you baptized into the name of Paul he continues he says brothers I could not address you as spiritual What? these guys would have by almost anybody's estimation been considered extremely spiritual boy especially if you come from charismatic world Jack you love this church they're prophesying They're laying on hands, they're casting out devils, they're healing the sick. Hoochie mama, this is a spiritual church. But he says, I can't even talk to you guys as spiritual. But worldly, ow! How do you go from that to worldly? We're very spiritual people here. He says, you're mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk. Not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready are still worldly. Ow! How can you say that? As wise as we are, as smart as we are, as much as we have the demonstration of the gifts of the Spirit in our congregation, how can you even imply that we are worldly? Paul says, because there's jealousy and quarreling among you are you not worldly are you not acting like mere men you say well we are men yes but we're not supposed to be just natural with God in our life we're supposed to be super natural for one one says well I follow this pastor I really like him Well, I like this other pastor are you not mere men to read again to you what Paul said to the Galatians. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Now, those of you who are familiar with the scriptures. I know a lot of people here are at varying stages in their Christian faith. Some of you have barely ever even opened a Bible. Some of you have studied it deeply. But those of you who have studied the scriptures, know one thing is very clear. The epistles that were written to the early church... Wasn't great, greatly uh, the result of dealing with caca in the church. Okay? It just says, you know what I'm talking about? He's writing up problems. Hey, stop it. What are you doing? Good heavens, don't do that. What are you thinking? He's writing about caca. People fighting and I get all kinds of stuff. And one of the things that he spent a lot of time was just defending himself. Come on, you guys. Anybody read the Bible out there? You know what I'm talking about? He's defending himself. Not against heathens. Not against evildoers. Not against unbelievers. He was defending himself constantly against Christians. There's a lot that's why I don't like church. I don't believe in God because it's full of Christians that are hypocrites. But they're phony, baloney people. Listen. When Christians act badly, it doesn't mean there's not a God. It just means we're people. And we make mistakes. That's why we need forgiveness. Anybody fall in that category? That would be me. Yes. But make no mistake, now remember, these are extremely spiritual men and women. The early church, these guys of the church ever had, don't you all wish we'd be more like the early century church? I do. But even then, they had tons of caca. Dealing with nastiness, fighting, egos, one pastor, I like this guy better, I don't know if I can trust this guy or And he had to constantly deal with them, say, stop it. Stop it. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you love one another. So what's the devil going to try and get you to do? Eat each other. Arr, 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 arr. Church is not supposed to be a Pac-Man running around eating all the little people. Shows my age, huh? <laughs> Young people. Pac-Man? What's a Pac-Man? I don't understand. I-, I need to deal with some stuff this morning that I do not want to deal with but I feel I have to deal with and it's painful to me it was very difficult in the first service I'm sure it'll be difficult in the second but we need to talk about these things why because sometimes even us we need to deal with now about six eight weeks ago I announced to you that we were gonna have to make some cuts In our budget, our staffing, because of changes in the economic condition of the church, because due to the economy, factors like that. Most people understood that. I warned you. Did anybody remember me telling you that when I do it, you were all smiling at me, but when I do it, you're going to get mad? Anybody remember that conversation? I said it to you week after week after week. Okay, pastor. Okay, pastor. Okay, pastor. And then I do it. (laughs) Hello? Am I talking to the wall? And as I said, there were two issues at play. Do you remember this? You've got the overarching reason, then you got micro-reasons. Anybody remember me talking about that? The overarching reason for any of these cuts was one reason and one reason only. The economy. Finances. We had to do it. Then you got micro-reasons of why you decide someone goes versus someone else over someone else I did not publicly state any of those reasons I appealed and pleaded with people not to ask for any reasons I believe I said it's none of your stinking business what the reasons were but this thing has gotten absolutely out of control the first person that we let go who'd been a pastor here for many years one of the reasons we started with him Is because of issues that we felt. Small issues. But we questioned his loyalty. We felt he wasn't really being as loyal. For whatever little tiny reasons. Again you don't need to. It wasn't a big deal. And while everybody. It's understandable that when you let someone go. They don't like it and they get upset. The degree. Of poison and attack. I was stunned by. And the charges that. I'm a liar, and I'm a deceiver, and I wasn't disloyal, they're a bunch of liars, just going psycho crazy, and we're trying to calm people down, and people have left the church over this, never bothering to ask me a single question, just you're a liar and left, I heard later they said I was a liar, I didn't. these are people who hugged me the week before, said I really love you pastor, and then got mad and just took off. I thought, man, Pastor Lathan and I, leaders in the church, we're like, what is it with this? This is very bizarre and dysfunctional. Last week, our IT guy that works for our church was going through the files and trying to clear out old files and came across a mystery folder, opened the folder and found some very shocking things in it. This pastor had made up backup copies of his files on the server and forgot to delete them. What I have in my hands are his detailed plans to leave the church and to take as many people as he could with him to go to the other side of town and become the senior pastor of another church. This is dated September. Other documents talking about how to plan this out and when to put this into play. Dated October 13th. Found out later that he had been meeting with key people in our congregation and even employees that worked for me. Planning on leaving. I have here documents that show how much he was going to Who he was going to plan to take with him, by the way. Different musicians and stuff, which I believe he did succeed in doing. All these people were listed here, again, from September. How much money he was going to offer different people on staff to leave Celebration Church and go over to his church. Probably the most disturbing item here. Things to get before leaving. Copies of our church data files. We checked with the company that hosts these files off-site and said, can we ask you a question? Can you check the history and see if there was a big download of data? In the last few weeks, game in the middle of December, they came back and said, oh yes, there was. Really when it was. It was the day this brother was let go. So can you tell who it was who did it? Yes, we can. It was this fellow. Now, they're not financial files, but your names, addresses, phone numbers, all your information. If you get a letter from them, you'll know how they got that information. Now, this is highly disturbing, very unethical the very man who's been screaming bloody murder and saying nasty things about us, saying that we were unfair, that he was not disloyal, had been in cahoots with this thing for months. In association with the former pastor of Bayside Christian Fellowship, he was the one behind it the entire time. What are we going to do about this? Absolutely nothing. We are not going to call the authorities. We're not going to call a lawyer. We're not going to threaten anybody. You know what we're going to do? We're going to forgive them. Because every Sunday we stand here and forgive people. We pray every Sunday, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You just don't expect it to be, you know, some of these people. But it doesn't matter who it is. You need to forgive people. You need to move on. You need to let it go. But we have got to—we've got to deal with this. And we're not going to again. We're not going to make a big deal with it. But we are making some adjustments to our staff and to the people that we are associating with in our ministry. For us to have a successful ministry, an effective ministry that benefits you, I need people around me who really believe in what we're doing. I have, from the beginning, been, in retrospect, a fool. Whenever a pastor comes in, a president comes in, a CEO, one of the first things they do is they let go of everybody who was working for the former guy. I thought, there's no need for that. Apparently there was. This is very sad and highly disturbing and we're just not going to do it anymore we're not mad at anybody I don't hate anybody I don't know what this former pastor's problem is but for three years we've been tolerating this and you haven't heard me hardly say boo about it almost every year actually about the same time every year hasn't it it takes like 12 months to get it together the first year after right about November He attempted a coup after the first time he was here. You guys never heard about it, because I never said anything about it. Why didn't you say anything? I don't know. Love covers a multitude of sins. You don't just go around attacking people, even when they do bad things. His attempt failed. A year later, he tried it again. This time, keeping his connections in the church, he got several people, a small group, not a lot, but to leave the church, start a new church on the other side of town. I believe sent a letter to a lot of you asking you to leave this church because I'm not listening to the Spirit of God and to come join them. Just when you think it's over, a year later, we get this. Emails, conversations, conversations, plans the whole time to hurt this church to leave and take as many people as they possibly can with them now I had struggled with bringing any of this up I didn't want to bring any of this up we didn't want to expose this publicly I pretty much am a how shall we say feisty individual Okay? I am. I, I am. It is what it is. Okay? You either love it or hate it. People who love it, they love it because I don't dance around issues and I say it like it is, and I'm not really terribly concerned what someone might feel about it. All right? Now, there are people who don't like that, who think I'm cruel abusive, heartless okay, whatever if if you feel that way here why would you stay here? I don't understand it but even as feisty as I am I wasn't going to do this this morning my wife is one of the most peace-natured individuals on earth I'm constantly "Ah, ah, Ah! she's Yesterday we got just a wall, another barrage of nasty, bitter criticisms and attacks. Some of them are just bizarre. They were saying that we were physically escorting people to the doors and physically throwing them out of our church. Now first of all, who would even say something that stupid? And for the love of God, does that even sound reasonable to you? You hear something like that? And you go, oh, I didn't know they were doing that. Hello? And the calm redhead said, you need to talk about this. Even Pastor Lathan, he's... He's usually trying to hold me back. You need to talk about this. So we're talking about this. we don't do this in a spirit of maliciousness I don't hate anybody I'm not mad at anybody I think this is very sad and some of you need to see this stuff especially some of you that have been on the edge and oh my Pastor Mark he was cruel and mean yeah come take a look at this would you but we are just not going to do this anymore we are Cleaning house with those that are associated with this. We're just not going to do it anymore. If you wonder why some people aren't here anymore, you pretty much can take to the bank that their names are on this document and have admitted that they have been part of these meetings. And uh, we're just not going to do it anymore. And I'm, I'm cleaning house all the way through. And I'm, even with Pastor Joel... I talked to Pastor Joel, and he said he understood. He says, dude, you need a fresh start. Pastor Joel has been friends with his former pastor for many, many years. He was actually offered to be the senior pastor of this church before I was. He turned it down. I said, dude, we, we just, we, unless you're going to cut off your connections with him, we just need to start fresh. And he said he understood. And we're going to do that. Now, we are continuing. We're going to continue to help all the ministries we've been helping through Joel. We've got lots of other missionaries who work with the exact same people. Nothing will change. The face will change. But we're not doing this anymore. We don't hate anybody. We're not angry at anybody. We're not bitter at anybody. I hope to never, ever, ever, ever bring this up again. But we need to stop. And you know what? I can't stop it. Only you can stop it. I feel like Smokey the Bear. Only you can prevent forest fires. They're not mad. They're choir people. They're getting ready. Just oh my gosh, look at them! They're leaving right now. <laughs> Man, is he ticking people off this morning? Huh? They're just musicians. Relax. <laughs> uh, we're gonna start fresh. We're gonna we're gonna build a team of people who really believe in this. And, and move forward. And, and I can't stop it. Only you can stop it. They don't talk to me. They're afraid of me. They think I am one mean rascal. Just listen to some of the things they say. Only you can stop this. By telling them stop. Stop. I don't want to hear it. If you can't be part of the family. And you think it's that horrible. Maybe you really should go somewhere else. And I'll tell you. It's gotten so bad. These I don't know what their problem is. They're to the point, they don't care if you even go to their church. They just don't want you to come to this one. They just don't want you to come to this one. If you leave, they rejoice. They're celebrating. Don't give any money here. Don't trust those people. Really? And exactly what is my evil intent here? It's not like I've been getting rich doing this. I'm the lowest paid pastor here. By intention I haven't come to take anything from anybody and with this difficult time that we're going through economically, I told Pastor Lathan after talking to my wife suspend our salary we won't get paid anything we'll do this for free who exactly am I hurting I have taken money from no one I've taken no one's wife I've taken no one's husband either <laughs> So, so you got to bring that up. You got to. Nowadays, you got to cover all the bases, you know what I'm saying? I'm taking no one's property. I'm not doing this for gain. And how hurtful this has been to me and my wife, and to my staff. Putting them in tears. People questioning, man, maybe maybe we don't belong here, maybe we should go somewhere else. You know, what I mean saying horrible, horrible things. Because they've been so wronged. Oh yes, very wronged have they been. And it's it's painful. It's hard for them to do, it's hard for us to do what God has called us to do. If we feel like we have to constantly be on the defensive, if you really, really, really believe that you cannot trust us, well then you probably should go somewhere else. If you look around, it's a pretty full church. We could probably use the seats. I don't want you to go, but I mean, if it's really that. Well, I don't know if I can trust that pastor. I don't know what they're doing with the finances. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to Vegas every weekend and gambling. That's what I'm doing. Watch, we will play just that quote. <laughs> See, he said he's going to Vegas every weekend to gamble. I am not. I'm not taking anything from anybody. We're here because we love you people. It's not like I don't have anything else to do. Paul wrote, if you keep biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. I'm telling you, we're just not going to do this anymore. We're cleaning house. We're just building a team of people who really want to be. What this church needs to be, it just just needs about people who who love each other and want to build a family of faith. A family that for decades we can feel good about being here and being part of one another. Something that you can be proud of and your children can be proud of and your grandchildren can be proud of. And we can look back over a lifetime and look at the thousands of peoples of lives that we have affected for the good because of our work and our giving and our ministry in this community. That's what this needs to be about. I want to read to you from uh, Acts. I didn't give you these notes, but uh, from the previous... Yeah, here. This is in Acts, the 20th chapter. Paul writes this. He says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Talking about the pastors there. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. He says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare you the flock. I do not refer to these people as savage wolves. That's not the analogy. The next verse is the analogy. Even from your own number. Men will arise and distort the truth. Why? In order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And then even Paul has to defend himself as he did many times. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. I did everything. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is my sincere hope that none of you will be bitter or angry at these people. You just need to be aware of what they're doing, why they're doing it, I I don't understand it all. But it is what it is. I'll tell you what, it's gonna be a one sided argument. We are not gonna argue with these people. We're not going after them, we are not attacking them, we're not criticizing them. We It takes two to tango, you know what I'm saying? Two to have a really good argument. You ever argue with somebody who won't argue with you back? It's very frustrating. (laughs) It really is. It's highly irritating. All right, this is going to be an argument that they can have. We're not going to join in. We're going to love them. We're going to respect them. We'll be kind. But we're not playing this game anymore. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward, get ready to serve communion. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, I'm sure all this has been highly irritating or troubling to you. (laughs) I I apologize. We've, We've never talked like this before, and I hope we never, ever have to. But let me encourage you something. See a lot of people say, well, that's why I don't go to church. That's why I don't hang around Christian. Don't say hypocrite. Now look. When Christians behave badly, it doesn't mean the church is not legitimate. It doesn't mean there is no God. It just means that people are fundamentally flawed. I heard a pastor say recently, I really love Jesus. His friends, not so much. it is what it is we're flawed people look everybody struggles with sins be it arguing for whatever sake vengeance, revenge I don't know what their deal is some people struggle with sexual temptation some people drink too much booze some people get too mad look our failures as believers is not a repudiation that there is no God God It is just a reminder that while we serve a perfect, glorious God, we ourselves are inglorious, imperfect people who from time to time need to stop, need to repent, need to ask for forgiveness and to freely forgive those who would offend us. I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning before we take communion. Father... We're getting ready, Lord, to partake of communion. Reflecting on the body and the blood of Jesus that was sacrificed on the cross for us. Lord, you made this possible. Your word says so that if we sin, we can go to God and you will forgive us of our sins. Lord, we come before you this morning. We just want to have clear hearts, pure hearts in all this. If we've done anything wrong, we pray that you will forgive us. We pray if we've wronged them that you'll give them the grace to forgive us. But Lord, help us to walk in your kindness and your grace. We are an imperfect people. Lord, this church is a gathering of the imperfect, as most churches are. There is no perfect congregation anywhere. Help us, Lord, as we struggle through these things to walk in kindness, peace, your grace. And above all, to be careful, like Paul said, not to devour one another lest we be destroyed by each other. Life is hard enough, Lord, without us going at each other. Help us to be kind. Help us to be respectful. But help us by your grace to move on and to be the kind of people that you can feel confident enough to let your spirit flow freely amongst so that we can affect people positively with your glorious love and gospel message. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.